The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. But right now, I want to talk a little bit about uh, housing because we've the latest tranche of statistics from last year's census has been released. Uh, and much of them related to housing. Owen O'Brien is Sinn Féin's spokesperson for housing and he's with me now. Owen, there's an awful lot to to get through in all of this, but um, I mean, there are some positive indicators here. Uh, From 2016 up to 2022, you know, housing stock up, occupancy up, vacant dwellings down. There is some partial success. Um, I'm I'm not so sure I would say it's success. I'm I'm, I'm not against some of those trends, but uh, I think there are much more worrying uh, figures in the data. So, for example, if you look at home ownership, uh, home ownership is down 8%, uh, but also significantly uh, uh, the number of of people uh, with uh, mortgages on homes is actually down not just as a percentage of the overall housing stock, but in direct terms. We also have on vacancy, for example, there were almost 50,000 homes vacant from 2016 through to 2022. That's a very large number of long-term vacancies and derelictions. And then crucially, I suppose, is renters. Uh, and three standout figures. One is average rents, and that's average rents among all renters, just not, not just new rental stock or, or new tenancies, but all renters. It's up astonishing 37%, broadly in line with what many of us would have thought. The number of older people over 55 and particularly over 65 renting is up a very significant 83%. And that's a concern because as a loan and threshold told us recently in their report on older people in the private rental sector, the majority of people uh, uh, over the age of 55 uh, don't find the private rental sector providing security or affordability. And then a very interesting figure, which I, I don't yet understand, which is the census figures are actually saying the number of people living in private rental accommodation has increased significantly uh, from 2016. Yeah. That seems to contradict the figures from the Residential Tenancies Board, which says the opposite. And either A, it could mean somebody's counting wrong. B, it could mean there's a high level of non-compliance with RTB registration by landlords, uh, or it could mean a, a significant increase in unregulated licences or a mixture of those. But, but generally sorry, what it shows there, us is... But just to try and make sense of that, um, yeah. if the number of people, uh, homeowners and mortgage holders is dwindling in absolute terms, not even just in percentage terms relative to the absolute number, um, there has to be an increase in renters then, doesn't there? Well, I I suppose we have two sorts of information. The Residential Tenancies Board uh, gives us uh, RTB registrations up to the end of 2021. And that showed a significant reduction in the number of private rental tenancies registered with the RTB from 2017 through to 2021. The CSO, however, has come up with a different figure of the number of renters, not registered tenancies. And there's a difference of almost uh, 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 60,000 rental properties. So there's a question that has to be answered, which is, what explains that gap? Is somebody not counting right? Is there a lot of rental properties out there that are uh, breaking the law and not registering yeah. with the RTB? Or has there been an increase in what we call licenses, uh, uh, more temporary rental room arrangements or arrangements that don't have the full protection of the Residential Tenancies Act? But what, what do you but, suspect what, it is? Because if, if the overall number of, of, of houses in the country, if the housing stock has increased and occupancy has increased, you, one would wager that the CSO are the ones who have this right. And what the RTB's figures reflect is lots of tenants out there who don't actually have a registered lease with them. 
Yeah, what it could be is it, it could absolutely be a very significant number of landlords failing to register. That is a criminal offence under the Residential Tenancies Act. But it could also be a, a, a significant number of what we call licences. These are rental properties where there doesn't have to be a tenancy agreement or RTB registration. And of course, as a consequence, uh, uh, the renter has far uh, less uh, rights. What I would say is overall, however, is the data today tells us two things is home ownership is continuing to decline, particularly for younger people. Uh, the private rental sector is continuing to be more expensive. Uh, 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 and the, uh, I suppose, gap between the CSO figures and the RTB figures says there's a very significant problem here which needs to be understood because if we did have 50-odd thousand uh, rental tenancies out there not registered, that would be way beyond, I think, what many of us would have imagined in terms of non-compliance with the Residential Tenancies Act. And that would also undermine and limit uh, uh, the access uh, uh, to the Residential Tenancies Board for tenants who feel the rights aren't being vindicated. And we know, for example, the vast majority of landlords register their tenancies and are fully compliant with the law. But generally speaking, if somebody willfully doesn't mm. register a tenancy, it means they're less likely to actually abide by other, all of the other rules and requirements, uh, etc. So I do think there's very worrying things here, but critically... Home ownership continues to fall, particularly for younger people. The private rental sector is still becoming more expensive, still more uh, uh, problematic, particularly for older people and for those who don't have the protections of the RTB. And this is all during the period that Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael were in government together in one form or another through confidence to supply uh, and the formal coalition. And I do think it's an indictment of a series of housing policy failures by those parties both in terms of, of making home ownership more accessible, mm. because, of course, house prices have increased during all of that period, uh, uh, constraining uh, own affordability in the private rental sector because the rents are up, but also ensuring that people are in the right kind of tenure yeah. rather than being funneled into a private rental sector that's insecure and overpriced. Um, one of the challenges that the government would face in terms of increasing home ownership rates is that, you know, uh, mortgage approvals are down, uh, uh, down fairly significantly because of higher borrowing costs. We saw figures as well released this week that, even mortgage drawdowns are actually marginally down. So people approved for the mortgage are not drawing it down because maybe they have looked at those uh, increased interest rates and realised that they can't afford them or they don't want to afford them. Uh, they are out of government's control. Would you accept that? No, because they are also related to the rising cost of, of homes. So we've seen very dramatic increases in, in all in development costs and house prices during this period of time. And a portion of that has been fueled by bad government policy, the so-called help to buy scheme, the controversial shared equity loan scheme, uh, and other policies where government is chasing what's called the viability gap. That is adding to house price inflation. Uh, and really what government should have been doing is not just what I've been arguing for some time, but the ESRI and others, is stop chasing the viability gap. Stop uh, uh, coming up with uh, demand uh, uh, side uh, policies which feed inflation and focus far more on bringing down the cost of development and crucially delivering far, far more uh, affordable homes to rent or buy on, mm. on public land. That actually allows them to put into the housing system how, genuinely affordable homes to rent or buy on How quickly prices. after coming into government would you abolish the help to buy scheme then? Well, the, the uh, Mazar's report uh, that was done for the Department of Finance last year sh said it should end at the end of this year. Uh, I, I would have thought in our first budget it would end. Obviously, that's a matter for us to negotiate prior to a formation for government negotiations, but that's certainly what I'd like to see. And those other demand-led um, incentives, you'd end them as well in year one? <laughs> I, absolutely. Like the, the, the shared equity loan scheme uh, is not only going to contribute to house price inflation, but it's very, very risky for a portion of people who may end up getting it. 
Thankfully, the scheme has been enormously delayed because I think it's bad for house prices overall, but also for a portion of people who may end up availing of it because they'll have an additional level of debt and high-risk debt at that. And really, government policy needs to focus on taking the money it has and investing it in the delivery of large volumes of really good quality uh, affordable homes to rent or buy on public land or indeed through the acquisition of private sites with planning permission that aren't commenced. But the objective here has to Mm. be to bring prices down, not to continually chase the viability gap, pushing house prices up and saddling working people with ever greater levels of unsustainable debt. Can I ask a bit? Before, uh, and it got us into terrible trouble the last time Fianna Fáil were in government at the Celtic Tiger and subsequent crash. The the vacant um, homes figure uh, and this, you know, 48,000 homes that were vacant in 2016, still vacant in 2022. I mean... You know, you'll be familiar with that old saying that the most sustainable uh, home or building is the one that already exists. But that there is quite obviously a challenge in terms of, of viably turning them around into habitable abodes or else builders would be doing it left, right and centre. So what yeah. can be done to reduce that cost? Yeah, and also it is important that the CSO in the first instance counts homes that are empty on the night of the census. And then within that, both uh, uh, in the report today and earlier versions of this census of 2022, for the first time we've got far greater uh, data. Uh, so there was always a sense in which there was probably 40, 50, 60,000 vacants and derelicts that really should be gone after aggressively to bring them back into use, mm-hmm. even though on the night of the census there's over 100,000. One of the problems is, uh, I've spoken to a lot of local authority managers who would like to go after the vacancy and dereliction within their local authority area and use that either for social housing, but also for affordable rental and affordable purchase. The difficulty, however, is the Department of Housing, if they're providing capital funding for the local authorities, they won't also include refurbishment costs. And therefore, it's very, very risky for the local authorities to take that approach. And likewise, for example, a lot of this vacancy and dereliction would be in areas outside of Dublin City, Mm. which is a separate issue in terms of very, very high land values, in areas where um, it would only be kind of small to medium-sized builders in the private sector who would be building, and they're not going to take that risk. We've argued for a long time that what the government should do is have a much more ambitious programme led by our local authorities, capitally funded to buy and to refurbish uh, 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 through uh, the Department of Housing, but not just for social homes, but also for affordable rental and affordable purchase. Unless you take that large-scale approach, you're only going to get small numbers of units back into you. So, for example, the government has uh, 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 the Vacant Homes Refurbishment Grant. It's badly designed, although not a bad idea in principle. Mm. But only a tiny number of, of grants have been drawn down in the first full year, partly because of the, the poor nature of the design. So, you know, we've had a series of other other uh, policies that were introduced by the previous government, buy and renew, uh, repair and lease, the housing agency's rolling fund, all of them missed their targets because they're all kind of bitty and high risk. We need something much more substantial to go after aggressively those very considerable number of properties that have been vacant for a very long number of time in our city centres, towns and villages, buy them, refurb them and then use them for social affordable rental or sell them on yeah. for affordable purchase. We're going to be coming back to that issue, that issue of, of, of turning those properties around and how to do it with a couple of people working in this area a little bit later on the show. In the meantime, Owen, thank you for your time. Owen O'Brien is the Sinn Féin housing spokesperson. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.